morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day, good welcome, and welcome to our We Review Theory of Anything episode. Episode 45.2 is where we're at. Yay. And we are about to be talking about the 1968 film Planet of the Apes. But before we get there, welcome, Devon. Welcome, Ford. Thank you. Good day. You two had something to say about 44.2, where we reviewed the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse book. What was it you wanted to say before we get into the nitty gritty of Planet of the Apes? Well, I wanted to say that I'm just surprised. Sorry? Did you want to say sorry? <laughs> no, I want to say I'm surprised, right? That everyone's liking it so much. I'm just confused, to be honest. I was just hoping um, you were going to sort of... I'm not going to backpedal, no, because it's, Repent. it's the truth. <laughs> what I said is the truth. But everyone wow. seems to like it, and I don't... I, I'm, I'm just confused. You must be, yeah. Yeah, maybe your brain's not meant for that sort of thing, though. But I like uh, abstract, abstract, like cool things. Stick to Plato, you'll be alright. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was too on the nose for you, was it? Depends what too you mean by that. Nose. Too obvious. Point yeah, it's thinking. way too obvious. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to review it again, but it's, <laughs> it was just, it was just okay. This this sentence could be taken out from the entire book and inserted anywhere into any conversation, and it'd be the same book. And it's just we'd like, be happy. Yeah, pretty much. What was your sentence going to be? <laughs> I don't know, just like, we don't care, we love you. That was literally copy-pasting okay. over and over again the entire book. So I, don't yeah. know. We, I think we've covered this ground, yeah, haven't we? we? Have. But yeah. what I'd like to know, you, you've come on to this episode saying, why am I the only one who doesn't yes. get it? Who, who have you spoke to, or how many people have you heard from? Well, there, um, there's you guys, anybody? there's also yeah. um, our producer as well. He okay, seems to yeah, love it. Yeah. And yeah. I can usually I think... sway her opinion, and I didn't this time, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, I was surprised you <laughs> fell on my side of the fence, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I was surprised. And I, I didn't know if you'd gone any wider than that, if anybody else. No, okay. It'd be interesting. Please do feedback, folks, if you've not watched or li- sorry, listened to that uh, review. Um, mm. We'd love to hear what side of the fence others fall on. Yeah. To be fair, fall? most reviews do uh, do praise it, don't they? To be mm. fair, it's getting a lot of traction. But, but, but why? But I'm I'm amazed we haven't had more pushback yet from any listeners. <laughs> any hate, you know? Two thirds of us like it. So what? Yeah. Hate for the people who hate for you guys who don't are not impressed by it, or hate? Yeah, yeah, back yeah. In, for, back in Devon's for the harsh review. Yeah. Okay. Well, as I say, I only review it again. But it's just <laughs> like, I just don't understand the hype. Okay. I don't understand why it's good. Well, there you have uh, it. I think it's an age thing. No, no, I, like, I didn't say I liked it. No. So you don't you like said it? You said you're okay with it. I'm, a, I'm okay. If if you want your soul pampered, is what I said, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the you last... had more theological problems with it, didn't you? Yes, yes. If you're yeah. calling it Christian, then I have problems. If you just want wow. your soul pampered, then you're fine. Yeah, yeah. I, he definitely, the author definitely feels it as a as a ministry tool to help people. Yeah, uh, spiritually. Anyway, we talked about this. <laughs> what are we? What are we doing this week? And now it's time for film assignment chatting. Okay, this week, this episode mm. rather, we don't work in weeks. You sh- listeners will know that by now. There is no weekly podcast. No, it just comes so, out when when we can. I mean, we try, but we fail. So. We do try, yeah, but mm. that's often based on our schedules, isn't it? It's not always easy for us all to get together and do our assignments and prep our content. Oh, yes. Believe it or not, we do prep our content, (laughs) (laughs) even if it's just a little bit. Okay, right, Planet of the Apes, 1968, Charlton Heston, 
who's going to start? Let's hear a bit of an appraisy or a plot spoiler. If you haven't watched this film in 53 years, where have you been? <laughs> uh, you need fair. So we are going to talk about plot spoilers, but that's pretty hard to miss the plot spoiler on this film more than any other film in the whole world, I think. We'll, co- we'll come to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the DVD box cover spoils the plot before you even put the disc in the player, doesn't it? Right, who's going to give us a um, a lowdown? Devin Ford's good at that, isn't he? No. Ford do it? I can try, but I'm not good at it. So we start the film as uh, four astronauts uh, flying to a new planet, and our hero, Charlton Heston, is um, he's, he's kind of George philosophizing. Yeah. Yeah. Having a, having a fag. Yeah, he's smoking and <laughs> a uh, fag. thinking about life, the universe, and everything. Without an ashtray. Yeah. yeah. Monologue. <laughs> I would like to say, actually, um, that this is an old film and I am going to have a lot of nick picks, but, you know, it, it's fine. A lot of people have said these things already. but It's very nitpickable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they crash onto this planet and, yeah, it's a real crash. So um, one of the crew members dies and it happens to be the only woman, which is quite weird. Yeah. Because. You'd you'd have thought you know you'd have three women and one man, right? See, yeah, that's what my wife I thought said. that that's what I thought. You don't need a majority of men, do you? Oh, no, no. you don't. Not if you're you trying to inhabit a new planet, exactly. If they're trying to procreate, yeah, very good point. Yeah. Anyway, move on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just, yeah. Oh, and of course you have a lot of uh, stock footage of helicopter shots and oh, stuff gosh. like that. Just <laughs> long, <laughs> long panning shots. About that. Yeah, Devon's favourite. Yeah, anyway, uh, should I speed this up a bit? <laughs> are you fault? Are you, are you finding that to be a problem? It was pretty bad. Oh, I loved that. Even back in the day, spirit. you could have done better. Oh wow, that's what that's what makes me think it was a stock footage of flying around in a desert. I don't think it's stock footage because it was filmed at the Grand Canyon. Yeah, in that in and around that area. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Wow. The Colorado River is what they're seen punting their way along. Oh, yes. So, so I, as... I, I think it's filmed for the film. It's not stock footage but i i think it felt a bit like it was filler yeah yeah mm-hmm. but i could understand why it was there because it was setting the scene this desolation this desert planet all right so these guys are um they've landed on this desert planet by by, by the looks of it and they're uh they're boating along and walking and trying to find um yeah they're just trying to find somewhere to live again essentially aren't they mm-hmm. charlton heston comes across immediately weird because does, yeah. the the crew mem- one of his crew members makes a little uh what do you call it uh, a grave for the dead lady one yeah. of their when their crew members and Charon heston just starts laughing yeah it's real weird i don't know what they were thinking for his character but he's creepy. not likable is he oh no i i like him more as the film goes on but as a character he's not a like you, you get annoyed by him quite quickly because he's a bit kind of um, very brash up up himself a bit yeah, yeah. So they they eventually come across the uh, jungle, which is great because you know they thought they were in a desert planet, and mm. they they immediately strip naked and start swimming. It's very awkward. Well, if I was surrounded by other guys, then no, definitely not. You mean you do that in front of other girls? Like what the heck? <laughs> I'm calling Beth right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, all their clothes get stolen, and they're like, ooh. And they, they follow the trail of remaining clothes, and um, they find that there's actually a bunch of humans on this planet. Mm-hmm. Then they, they quickly realise that the planet is being ruled by apes, hence the name Planet of the Apes. 
and the bunch of humans that they found were they basically couldn't talk they're very primitive and they're basically being herded by the apes and used as slaves mm. and being experimented on and things like that mm. Um, and basically it's a story about um, George Taylor's adventure in this world, trying to get back home, I suppose, or trying to make a life for himself. Yeah, That's a good well. summary. I was impressed by this film on a technical level. Um, oh, yeah. Filmed in 1968, which was the year before the moon landings, remember? Mm-hmm. And yet the imagery of the spacecraft was very kind of futuristic, wasn't it? It's set... In 1973, so it's not set that far in the future from when it was being made, so four or five years from yeah. when it was made. So I didn't pick up, but I'm glad you mentioned it just then, Ford. Oh, yeah. Uh, that they weren't expecting this planet. They, they were, it was going to be a new planet they were going mm. to. Yeah, so yeah not, some kind of not, accident. They didn't, they didn't explain what, like, why they yeah. were there. Well, and why, I, probably. Yeah. I thought they were expecting to be waking up back on Earth. No. No, they wanted to call it as a new planet, didn't they? Yeah. And then you didn't expect to be so far in the future as well. Because mm. if you remember looking at the um, the time stamp, when you get when they yeah. crash, it's like 3,978. Yeah. yeah. And it's That's shocking right. music, isn't it? He's like, <gasps> yeah. yeah. It's way, way yeah. further but, in the future than he wanted to be. And there were 328 light years from Earth on an unnamed planet in a star in the constellation Orion. When I first watched this film, I was probably about eight or nine years old, I think. I remember distinctly watching this film as a young child boy and being absolutely blown away by it. The first most impacting scene was the discovery that their female astronaut, Stuart, her name is, has died. And there she is, dead in her sarcophagi um, capsule, capsule sleeping pod thing. Hmm. And that image of a freakly aged face after being such a beautiful young woman when we did see her right at the opening really stuck with me for a long time. Hmm. <laughs> the second thing that stuck with me is the soundtrack, the music, the score of this film. It really did. And that's why I like the long meandering vista shots after the crash. It took me right the way back. I can almost remember being in the lounge at my dad's and my grandparents' home with my brother, the five of us sat watching this film. And I, it was like I was there again. It just evoked everything. That I, it triggered some very strong memories about how this film affected me. That was the first thing. And I think most of that was the music yeah. that did that. Mm. Because the, the score is just, I think, very, very powerful. I don't know what I don't know what you guys think about the the pacing of this film, but I thought it was rather slow. Like because the um, it takes like thirty minutes before the apes even show up. Mm. I checked the timestamp when they showed up, and it was thirty minutes on. It's like wow. I don't have a problem with that because no? I think that gives it sets the scene. It gives us an, a feeling of isolation of, of, of a, if it, if it gone straight into apes as soon as they crashed or, or mm. just after, we probably wouldn't have this uh, feeling of um, Taylor feeling so alone. He'd lost all his crew, hadn't he? And I think the build-up to that, suddenly realising I'm the only one left, when uh, Landon, I think his name is, the other crew member who's yeah. alive but but had his brain yeah lobotomized lobotomized yeah that's cool. a that's a creepy scene that like, yeah again uh, that, it seems like that that stuck with me all these years so yeah so they all, all three of them get captured and separated and then um at some point later on our main character Charlton, he he come he 
finds his, his, his friend and it turns out he got injured when they got captured and they've uh, messed around with his brain. Mm-hmm. And he's just a, a husk of a man. It's really weird. Creepy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I thought so anyway. Yeah. Although if, if you're on a planet ruled by apes and, and human and cattle, surely you just play along, right? Like, why is he trying to write in the sand and write on bits of paper and stuff like that? Well, maybe he's trying to convince them that, you know, that he's, he's not who they, they think he is. You know? mm. Could have been a servant. Would you want yeah. that? Well, he could escape then, couldn't he? I mean, he's in a cage because he's mucking about like he, he's a human or whatever. Like, mm. I mean, they were experimenting on them anyway, even the ones who weren't, like, misbehaving. They experiment on to, mm. to get them to I don't know, see if they can change how they are. Which mm. kind of brings me on to a point as well, which is mm. quite a big point, especially if the film was released today, which is of Nova, the woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yes, yes. She was basically just used as sex appeal for the entire film. I can do, yeah. She was literally she just like, speak. she doesn't speak yeah. at all. Um, she doesn't have any influence really on the story. It's just her following Taylor around the entire so time. Within the plot, it's uh, she, so she's given to Charlton Heston as a, a mate, isn't she? She's never human, but she's from the planet, so she has no intelligence per se. Yeah, mm. and mm. I thought they could have done something with like him teaching her how to talk or how to do stuff, so they had that um, she that that yeah. relationship between what what humans used to be and what they can be now, and there is still like there is still hope for humans, but they just didn't do anything. Like she's still just walking around with no no language or anything, just doing everything that he says, and hardly mm. any clothes on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think actually, although there is more male nudity in this than female nudity. Yes, <laughs> there's a That's lot of male. There's a lot of male nudity in this. Mm. Um, well, Charlton, Charlton Heston's bum, anyway. Mm. Um, I think the character is important, more important than you're giving credit for, because oh. uh, she is another example of how the apes were viewing humans uh we're going to give you a mate and let's pro let me i hope you know i think one the what's the name of uh the lead scientist dr zira and cornelius were hoping that um that these two were going to procreate you know as an experiment so it's all about the switching of the tables isn't it i think it's an important message behind the film is look at what we how we treat animals well, this is something I wanted to talk about because yeah. I thought when I was watching it, this film's about racism, isn't it? It's right? about that as well, I think. Because the book yeah. was based, uh, the, the book called uh, Monkey Planet, I haven't read it, it's apparently an anti-war film, but I'm not sure that came across in this one. I felt like it was more talking about race dynamics and stuff. There's some of the race stuff comes over to me with the different types of apes, you mm-hmm. know, the, the yeah. white, the um, intelligent... Eh? The orangutans. orangutans. Yeah. yeah, the orangutans the don't just be in the yeah. And the soldiers and the scientists are the dark skinned gorillas and you know, or chimpanzees. So there's something that I'm not sure if I'd wholly go along with that line of thinking, but I've read in thinking about this film, I've read mm. some comments that do indicate that there's definitely racism afoot in the writing of this story because of mm. Skin tones of gorillas. And well, I was, thinking, I was thinking more of the dynamic between apes and uh, humans, and the fact that they're used as cattle, but really they're you know they're human. They should be given some it, respect. Yeah, it's a, it's a message I think of how we treat cre- other creatures, other life. Okay. You know, um, that's how I perceive it anyway. And um, you know, experimenting on, uh, ex- examining their behaviours and uh, 
treating mm. them. Well, they're, it's actually spoken about, isn't it? That they're the humans are just animals. Yeah. There's a there's another message, isn't there, about anti-religion, pro-science yes. sort of. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Which I kind of found a bit off, but you know, I didn't see much of an issue with it really because of the way that they did it. I don't know because a lot of their a lot of their religion was quite obviously just rubbish. And <laughs> you could you could see that a lot with uh, how they um conflicted a lot of things with each other. But but the writers are clearly trying to say something about the real world, about real religion. Mm-hmm. I, I'd assume they're trying to make it like that anyway. I, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like if they are trying to say something, they're trying to put a message across, then it's a bit of a caricature of, you know, actual religion. It brings a lot into question, doesn't it, about the uh, the science versus faith thing. You know, there's uh, quite a lengthy talk about being the defender of faith, the guardian of a terrible secret, and a dialogue where... The man that kills for sport or lust or greed, he is the harbinger of death. You know, these are these are quotes coming from like almost like uh, religious scripture to the gorillas and the apes, rather. Yeah, mm. I just felt like they were making it out as if like the religious leaders are anti knowledge and anti everything, and they are. Yeah, yeah, and it's like. If you are trying to say a message about you know the real world, it's it's not. Most scientists for the past three hundred years have been Christian, you know, pretty strong Christians as well. Mm-hmm. It it feels a bit of a caricature, like I said. But I yeah. think I think the I think was it his name is the president of the assembly. I think that's the only name he's given, like the main guy. Yeah, um, he knows the truth, mm, and the only reason he, he is suppressing the truth is because Doctor Sayus, I think you're talking about. Sayers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe I've got. Maybe I'll complete it. Doctor Maximus and Doctor Zaius were the ones conducting the trial. The, the one that got yeah. kidnapped, basically. Um, yes. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. yeah That's when the spiritual elements begin to come more to yeah. the fore. I think. Because you, yeah, you can yeah. see throughout the entire thing that he doesn't want the truth being publicised. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. doing that not because he thinks religion is up here and. Uh, yeah. Sciences are net. He's doing that because he wants to remain that control over humans. Control. He wants yeah. to keep his position among the apes and mm-hmm. with humans as their servants. So I didn't really relate that to him, like I don't know, being stupid or something, or like saying that I don't know, science will destroy us, or I don't know. He just wanted to. It's all about control, I think, for him anyway. Because you could see, like, when yeah. when um, George Taylor was writing in the sand at the very beginning, yeah, like scribbles it out. You're like, no, mm, he does, yeah, yeah. yeah. He knows the truth, and, but and as soon as that happens, you're like, "Hang on, like, why is this? Like, there's a divide here between the scientists mm. and the higher uppers, yeah. and it's like, okay, there, there's some kind of conflict that's going on. That isn't yeah. just humans and apes; it's you know, apes, apes, mm. and humans." Well, Cornelius already knows that there's something else going on that it, there's been suppressed, isn't it? Information yeah. about their history that's been suppressed that, that that humans definitely held a different position in society at one point because yeah. of the because he's already discovered the doll that speaks, you know, at the end. There's a line where Dr. Zayas says, just before Taylor and Nova, the, his girlfriend, disappear off along the beach towards the end, Dr. Zayas says, you may not like what you find. Yeah. And so that's like a prelude to what's about to happen. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, I think he must know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just the fulfilment of the... All the suspicions that we've seen, isn't it? The doll and everything. And then there's a line from the um, little kid, chimpanzee kid. What's he he called? I've forgotten the character's name now. Little kid, yeah. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's his name. Uh, Why must knowledge still stand? What about the future? 
then Zaius, the orangutan leader, says, I may have just saved it for you by expelling Taylor and Nova. Right. Mm. So that's an interesting thought, that he was protecting their future by uh, exiling. Yeah. Okay, mm. I think we've had a fair fist. There's loads of other bits yeah. I could mention. We but... haven't actually said as well, for anyone who hasn't watched it, the big plot twist of this is that yeah. the planet of the apes is actually the Earth very far in the future, like 2,000 years in the mm-hmm. future. And obviously mm. that's not known to the protagonist throughout mm-hmm. the entire film until the end where he comes across the Empire State Building. I don't know why it's not known, because he's seen the dolls, he knows that they speak English and they read English and stuff like that. It's just like there's tons of hints. So yeah, just, but it's he just, just assumes everyone speaks English in films. <laughs> Even monkeys yep. from another planet where there are humans and monkeys. Yeah. yeah. But in any kind of scientific mind, you'll think, okay, what, what are the chances that there's the same plant and the same types of humans and everything? But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a film. It is, that's <laughs> right. I was glad to say that. We have to allow a bit of license, don't we? Yeah. He's trying to give us a, an interesting story, and it certainly does that. And that was another point I was going to refer to. At that moment, I certainly didn't see it the first time. I think if you come into this film not knowing that, if you close your eyes while you get the disc out of the box, for example. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Just watch it on Disney How, Plus or whatever it is. On. Yeah. You know, I just think that's... Talk about the biggest pot boiler of all time. Yes, yeah, a bit. Yeah. Oh dear me! It's that's the famous thing about it, isn't it? That it's they they give you the end plot mm. on the box of the DVD, but it makes for a good DVD cover. I don't even know if that was on the poster at the time. I'm not sure. Mm. But that scene when he climbs down off the horse and he's shocked to see the the Statue of Liberty coming out of the sand. I did wonder though, the positioning of that statue. Is right next to a cliff. Yeah. And mm. the cliff cannot have formed in 2,000 years. No. It could be buried up to its waist in sand in 2,000 years, but cliffs don't form in 2,000 years. If the statue was laying down or something mm. like that, that might have been a bit more... I was um, thinking it must have. It had to have been like washed away or something. That's why it was by the yeah. mm-hmm. but, Good um, There's a lot of different artists' uh, impressions of... Um, when they were talking about how to do that final shot, there was one yeah. shot of it lying down in the jungle. There was one shot of it. There's lots of different ideas they had, and they finally went with the mm-hmm. the speech one, I guess. The, not for any... the, the implausible one. Yeah, yeah the, the one that makes no sense. <laughs> also, in uh, researching the background of this, apparently uh, the apes were going to have like flying cars and stuff like that. It was going to be like ah. a, su- a super advanced sort of civilization. Yeah. But they, they had to obviously not do that because of budget reasons. Budget. You know, they, but yeah, I was can't. quite impressed. But for a 1968 film, I think the budget of this must have been quite big. I don't know the figures on it. But that, that set of the village, if you like, was an mm. impressive set. It was, it was. I know the cast wasn't huge, but the the visuals of it were, were to me, impressive, I thought. The other thing that, right, coming right back to the beginning again, when they are wandering around in the desert at the beginning, those shots of them clambering down hillsides they haven't been rehearsed because there's no footsteps in those sand dunes and it's happened they filmed it the first time unless they just went over to the next mountain maybe (laughs) roll down down that instead a big a big ask i think but Mm. i i was quite impressed by that yeah Uh, i don't know what the light the lightning was all about it was just to add to the mystery of it i think making it less like earth than what we have now yeah 
Go Apparently on. the budget was 5.8 million. They mm-hmm. they definitely went under that, so that's great. Um, and they got like 33 million in North Stop. America alone. So they're they're laughing, you know. Yeah. That's why there's so many sequels because they're trying to recapture that magic. Mm-hmm. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert: the others Which aren't very good. They never do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you not think the prequels are very good? Like the um, oh the, the new reboot. the new ones. Yeah. 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 Technically prequels because they're set on the earth yeah. in modern day. That's true. Yeah, they are, of course. Yeah. Mm. We haven't discussed costumes. Uh-huh. Good. Very good. <laughs> Makeup. It actually got nominated for Oscar for um, both its score and the costumes. Well, to be fair, the, yeah. the costumes were better than I remembered them. Yeah. Like, they weren't horrific. They were okay. No. But I, I think the costumes. <laughs> I think the costumes would work better if they'd re-recorded the dialogue of the actors yeah. without wearing the masks because it was only the sounds of their voices through the masks that was giving them away a bit um the i think if they'd acted the scene but then re-recorded the scenes with their own voices without masks on that might have worked better but they were impressive i think for the time they're nothing compared to what we have now with the reboots but um i i i'm not so harshly against those for the 53 year old film it's mm. um, Yes, yeah, believable. You can you can buy into it. Yeah, I enjoy yeah, it. you forget. You do forget, don't you? Hmm. Um, and it's funny as well. I read in one uh, one bit I was looking at that in the in the shooting of the film, the actors te- between takes tended to congregate with their own species of gorillas and apes and orangutans. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, uh, hmm. and that wasn't planned. It was just happened, and the, the human psychology behind that is quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. That they were drawn to their own kind, you know. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah, racism. Well, going back to that, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I just want to mention real quickly that they made all the original films like really close together, didn't they? Mm-hmm. So they had this one, which is nineteen mm-hmm. uh, sixty-nine, sixty-eight. Sorry, the next mm-hmm. one was in seventy, then seventy-one, then seventy-two, then yeah. seventy-three. It's like just made them back to back. I don't know. That's probably why. And, probably why they went very good. <laughs> and also, and I wonder whether going back to your comments about Nova, the character. Well, I don't know yet until I watch the sequel to this. I wonder if Nova's character is developed later. Well, she isn't. No, I don't think so. No, that was something I wanted to bring up. The fact that we've talked about this previously on uh, good bad movies, our uh, segment mm. from a couple of episodes ago. Anyway, mm. I, I brought this up, and I also said that in the last film. Battle for the Planet of the Apes, Charlton Heston blows everyone up with a giant nuke. Uh, do you remember I said that? Yes. Anyway, um, no, it's not actually. It's the Beneath the Planet of the Apes, which is the second film. Yeah, the next one, yeah. yeah spoiler really? alert for that film. Okay. Yeah, so... Why is he blowing you know, everyone up? Uh, you have to watch it and find out. I haven't got it. So, on my box set, we have Planet of the Apes, this one we've just watched, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, where yeah. the Earth is destroyed. Then you've got Escape from Planet of the Earth, yeah. Planet of the Apes, <laughs> uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, and then Battle for the Planet of the Apes. They're the five kind of original ones. quick concession originals. Then we have the reboot, the 2001 reboot, which is largely um, dismissed as being pretty rubbish. Yeah. And then the more recent Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and one I haven't got, the most recent one, which is called... War for the Planet of the Apes. So there's actually nine films in all in this kind of series, plus, I will add, a TV series, which I do very clearly remember, and I was very impacted by that at the time as a youngster. And the animated series as well. Yeah, that was all I wanted to say about that. Very successful franchise. The place in which this film particularly sits 
in the sci-fi genre of how it's thought about. I think it's right up there alongside 2001 Space Odyssey. It, it was revolutionary uh, science fiction filmmaking, storytelling at the time it came out. And it, it's very highly thought about. There are some bad reviews of it available for people to look at on the internet and largely you can dismiss them as being idiots who don't understand what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas us, we know what we're yeah, talking that's about. Right. Those reviews who don't like it, who dis- disagree with me, are wrong. <laughs> like our last review? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even know what you two think of it. You two might have a bad thing to say. Might not, might not have enjoyed it as much as I did. I mean, there's a lot of bad things you could say about it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like... It's entertaining. It's it's good, and as you say, like as 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 it was, it was revolutionary in the way that it was made, and you can obviously judge it by today's standards very easily and find it lacking. But I think it was actually really fun to watch. I enjoyed it. Good. Yeah, and it does have a story. Yeah. Yeah, at least it's it's got a story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting there. Brutal. It warms my heart to think you did enjoy this film for what it was. You have to put it in its position in history where it was. Yeah. You mm. can't compare it to something with CGI and all that. But... I mean, we've talked about this before. In some ways, you can compare it. In some ways, you can't. Like yeah. like you say, with CGI and uh, these costumes, no, you can't really compare. I mean, they they did the best with what they had, and actually, they did a really good job. Yeah. But, but uh, when it comes to story and stuff, there's no excuse for a bad story, no. in, in my opinion. And this isn't a bad story. No. So... Yeah. The only thing that really grinded me was Nova's story, I think. Yeah. Uh, I was just a bit like it, they could have done more very easily. I yeah. think and made a really cool link there, but yeah, they, I think yeah. they missed out on that. But I mean, it was but, a good film yeah. otherwise. I'm going to have to watch, the, uh, carry on with my box set and see a few more of these early, early Planet <laughs> of films and see if Nova's character does develop mm. because um, I, I, I think if it doesn't, they missed a trick there. Yeah, yeah I agree I, with Devin on that. I don't recommend it. But uh, feel free. I know it. I know it's not going upward. Yeah, it's only going <laughs> downhill from here. But <laughs> <laughs> until we come back up to date with the um, Caesar story, which is a fabulous set of films, I think. Oh, especially especially the third one, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. That's uh, particularly weird. Is it? It's it's about time travel and stuff. Yeah. You the TV series is set in modern day America. Or bits of it. I remember scenes. Oh no, it's the time travel one when they're on a battleship. Uh, I think they do briefly. Yeah, the scenes on a battleship and things like that. Hmm. Um, I've also seen clips on here of um, apes in in spacesuits and things like that. So that's uh, yeah. Hmm. So a lot of it is a vague memory. But this film was not a vague memory. It 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 connected with me and took me. It was like time travel itself. I tell you. I felt like I'd gone in a time machine to have been an eight-year-old again. Nice. It was a, it was a grueling watch for an eight-year-old. Mm. If you think about it, yeah, mm, can be. Mm. Some of that was really powerful imagery. Oh yeah, like you saw humans getting hunted down by yeah. apes with rifles on horseback. Like it yeah, was, yeah. And that goes back to like you know slavery and things like that, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, so, there's there's so many levels on which you could talk about this film, and we've probably overdone it already, and we've run out of time. So <laughs> come on, Ford. That's so, question. how many super <laughs> obvious plot twists, if you think about it, out of ten would you give it? <laughs> so, if they took the beginning of the Tim Burton remake, two thousand and one, oh. oh yeah, and replaced it, like used that in this original instead of the beginning of the original, then I'd give it an eight because they didn't do that. 
seven point five. Oh. Well, the beginning doesn't make sense. Just, make, make, just give me some kind of explanation of why you're there or how you're there, or like, okay. is there a wormhole? Is there like mm. some kind of freak accident? Like that? We see just a lot me. of flashy stars. Yeah, <laughs> helicopter pans going across the map. I don't know That's what's going stuff. on, but the ending is so much, so much better than the remake. So yeah, okay. it's, yeah, it's just the beginning that I'm like confused. But yeah, I I'll give it seven point five. I don't know where to go next. Do I watch the two thousand and one version next, or do I watch the sequel to this one, Beneath the Planet of the Apes next? That's a good question. Two thousand one isn't one, logically. You got to start with the newer films. Two thousand one isn't a remake, though, is it? It is. Yeah. Not not it's like. A re- a, it's not like a, a direct remake of this film. It's called a remake on Wikipedia. But I don't think it connects, obviously, that the, the prequels, the more recent films, are obviously uh, standalone. And you've got your Planet of the Apes 2001 stands alone. Yeah. And then you've got these five from the 70s, 60s and 70s that stand alone. But the thing is, with, right. with the remake, the Tim, Tim Burton one, they took the basically the exact same Plot. premise. Yeah, and oh, just did right. it again. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The only thing was that it's it's not clear whether it was actually Earth or not, and whatever. But yeah, there's a lot more action in the remake. Sure. I think I remember something about an underground spaceship being found. And yes, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah. a crashed spaceship that was derelict yeah. and they had to yeah. use his weapons. So you're giving it seven point five. Seven point five. Okay. Um, IMDb give it eight out of ten of their average of every review. I think I'd like to improve on that by another half and give it eight and a half out of ten. I like it a bit more than that. Yeah, I think I'd give it a seven. Yeah, super obvious plot twist if you think about it out of ten, because it's quite a slow film and it sort of puts itself up as if it's an action film. It's very slow and philosophical. And what's wrong with that? (laughs) No, I appreciate the the philosophy, but if you if you couch it in slow pans of, you know, the atmosphere and long trudging things through the desert and stuff, it's just... I know, oh I know there are no car chases and helicopters. <laughs> there is a chase. There is some chase scenes. <laughs> it's not actually a long film, but it feels like a really long film. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm. I think the way they try and set the scene is so different to today's standard. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. that it, and I like that. that. It, it's very glaringly obvious that something is mm. something's off or different. Um, oh yeah, like like when the you see the timestamp and it's uh, it's three thousand years and it should be something else. It really zooms into it yeah. with a loud music. It's like oh, and yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I get it. It's not. This isn't good. After the crash, it was quite a violent crash, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah that's what... One of the interior shots of the spacecraft still shows you where Taylor put his cigar on the dashboard of the oh. spacecraft, and it's it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> it's got glue on it. I thought that was funny. <laughs> We've just crashed on this planet. When did they not make spaceships to be watertight? Yeah. Yeah. It, it must have been airtight air air <laughs> to survive in space. As soon as it hits a lake, and that, oh yeah, I keep thinking of these things. Right. They're so pleased to find that water, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and strip their clothes off and go for a swim. And he said, like, we've only got eight ounces of water left. And so this whole, but they just crashed in a lake. Yeah, it wasn't that's stagnant the sea. water, isn't it? It was a lake. Stagnant water is not good for drinking. <laughs> Oh, okay. But it was good enough to swim in. Yeah. <laughs> the next time I crash on an alien planet, that actually turns out to be a, 
I'll be with you, I think. You know, they've just, they, they could have paddled. just gathered the water and then made like a siphon to be able to, like, I don't know, burn the water or boil, like, yeah. boil yeah. the water. Or the water they and make just it paddled up a river. It yeah. wasn't that they crashed in the sea. Yeah. yeah. Especially because it was really hot. They could have easily made a fire and easily, like, siphoned it and yeah. made drinkable water. Okay. But, but we, yeah. we knew if we we're going to start picking plot flaws... We we know we've got rich pickings, but um, yeah. they should have taken bear grills with them. That's all. That's all we can say. <laughs> okay, I think that's going to wrap it up, don't you? Yeah, great. Nice. I'm glad we, on the whole, enjoyed it. Let's set your next assignment and say goodbye. And so, listeners, um, going forward, we'll have some more re- review or assignment options for us to look at. Uh, what we're doing next? Can somebody tell me? Thriller. Oh, wow, we're going to listen to some Michael Jackson music, are we? Yep. Okay, Your Choices, dear listener, has selected us to review the probably the biggest selling album of all time. I know it used to be. I don't know if it still is. Really? Wow. Michael Jackson's Thriller album. Whatever you think of Michael Jackson, we're going to judge it apart from that. Okay. okay? I, I'm not, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you go on the links in the description, you can vote for the next however many assignments you want to by clicking on them you'll see three different options for whether it be a film a book some music or a video game for us to play and the one that gets the most votes each time we come round to them will be the one that we choose to do so inter- interactive podcasting Wowie. that's what we like yeah <laughs> okay guys that's it see you in a bit